Two best friends in a room. They might kiss. Yes, we will. What? Long awaited. Long, <laughs> such so long awaited. If we had like a most asked about episode, I feel like this would be it. Except no one knew to ask about it. We were just the ones <laughs> wanting to ask about it. I think, yeah, we were all like, so are we ready? We gonna, we gonna to broach dive this? Into that? We yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. just like put a toe in? We've had like so many like vulnerable conversations since then. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it really like opened everything back up again to a place mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, yeah. So we were on the same page thinking all these things, but now yeah. it's out in the open and it's not something that we're both like letting linger anymore. So it's nice. I think it's <clears throat> also really interesting because it also just like wasn't like a regular dynamic to begin with. Like the entire mm-hmm. scenario in and itself was like very complex. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to How to Be Queer. This is Sam. And I'm Kellum. And today is episode two of the Queer Love series. We are discussing queer love and friendship. So, Sam, how did we meet? Oh my gosh, crazy. So, uh, we met at David's Tea. So crazy. Who would have thought? Who, who would have thought? Who, who would have listened to any of, of our episodes and Straight think, hmm, I wonder how all of these people met? <laughs> um, I can't even tell you what year it was anymore. 2017. What the fuck? Okay, 2017. Scary. All right. I know. Um, you transferred in, correct? I did. I did. I had been mm-hmm. working at David's Tea in Kingston. Right, because you were there and, for school. Because I was there for school, and I moved in with my grandparents after I graduated, because that's what you do when you graduate with an arts degree. <laughs> um, and I joined the David's Tea team in Barrie in June of 2017 it was a hot June it was really warm that summer I remember because the mall was really packed because everyone wanted fucking AC yeah I think like it's weird to think like back that far because like the mall was bumping and if I really think back to like because I ended up working at Georgia Mall again Mm -hmm. it like fucking died right out but I also know like COVID played a role in that but yeah 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 we we worked together like between five and seven times a week, pretty yeah. much, because we we both loved working. Um, <laughs> just come in for fun to support yeah, one I, another. <laughs> I just wanted to really support the team, really big yeah. team mentality. Um, for like seven, six months, that was it. Mm-hmm. I say that was it as if it wasn't like a huge trauma bond, but. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. And I don't know if at that point I was a key or not. I don't think. I you weren't. Was, I was, no. No. Um, that was after you were mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. But you were, weren't you? Yeah. You and Chris were, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I yeah. came in from Kingston as a key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just a little baby tea guide. Little baby tea guide. Little baby Sam. Little baby Sam. And I Sam. mean, baby Kellum, too. I think I was only in Ontario at that point just under a few months like I'd maybe been there for almost a year yeah 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 I think so mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. were like finding your footing I went to high school in Barrie so I was like refinding my footing mm-hmm. I also that summer went through 
possibly the most no not possibly the most devastating breakup of my life and Sam and Chris were like literally the only two people that could pick me up off the floor <laughs> literally and and like figuratively mm-hmm. um so that was like the that was like literally three months within meeting within meeting the two of you that happened and full fucking transparency I remember when you came in I was like fuck them like I was <laughs> I was like another fucking key holder you gotta be fucking kidding me and like it was very much like, and Taryn can attest to this too, I could not stand Taryn. I didn't want her rehired. Uh, but she was rehired <laughs> and forced herself upon me to be my friend. And I am grateful for that now. Um, but uh, yeah, at first I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why are we bringing mm-hmm. more people? Like I was cheesed. You were pissed. And I remember being I, like, oh, this person hates me. I was so icy. Like, if I don't like someone, you know. So I'm, like, very icy. And mm-hmm. I was, like, pissed. But then, like, Melanie and Chris were all like, oh, ah, and I was like, ah, son of a bitch. Because I was. Yeah, I could, I could tell that you didn't like me. And I remember, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is what it's like to try and get, like, the cool younger generation's, like, approval <laughs> in my head. Because they were all like, Sam's so young. And I'm like, she's only a few years younger than us. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But then you came in with, like, your like hot goth esque attitude, and I was like, "Fuck." I know. Uh, I wanted to be so bad, but I was just like so fucking awkward at the time. But uh, I mean, eventually yeah. we did get past that. We did, yeah. yeah. Mostly because but, we had to, because we yeah. had we had to deal with whatever unspoken thing was between us. Very <laughs> true. I need everyone listening to know this, like. I don't know what you imagine when you think of like retail stores. And if you've ever shopped at David's Tea, you know, they have a lot of fucking merchandise. We don't keep that in the store. The back room at the store was literally like the size of a small closet. And so if you ever had issues with any of your colleagues, good or bad, and you wanted to go to the back room for like some solace. Mm-mm. That's like the, the offsite. Yeah, you went to the offsite. Otherwise, like if you duck into the back room, that's like the equivalent of inviting that person to come play seven minutes in heaven. Like it's just like, let's stand which, exactly two feet apart. Which would be a lot. Like it there. <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah. Like our little mob closet back room. Um yep. Kellum and I, yeah. Um <laughs> Or even the offsite, like even the offsite. Retail, retail is high school, okay? And everyone be fucking everyone. And that's just facts. <clears throat> Customer service, that's just the industry, right? Like things happen. So, you know, no one was relatively surprised at all. No. Um, but we're jumping. We're jumping. So we're jumping. Yes. What was what was like the first inclination that you had that like there was something beyond friendship there because we did have a really good friendship. Like we went from like icy bitches to one another to like, we literally were inseparable for like quite a few weeks before, (laughs) which I know sounds like not a long time, but like, again, Sam and I worked together for seven months and in this, the entire, this entire episode spanned seven months. Yeah. Everything that occurred. And you know, gay women at the time so yeah, yeah. and also like eight, eight to ten hours a day working together like 
time doesn't exist in the retail world. So no. like it was actually more like eight to 10 weeks in every shift. Yeah. And, and quite honestly too, like it, it wasn't a line, like truly we're inseparable. And like, you were always coming over or we were always like driving you. Cause you lived on the South end and you took like public transit. So like mm-hmm. Chris would always just like <laughs> drive you to the South end to drive you home or whatever. And then, yeah, but I would say like what the inkling was, I don't know, because the thing is, is like, I know that I relentlessly hit on like literally everyone in my life. Like I realized that's just like a part of my personality Um, I want people to know that I think they're attractive and that they are attractive. And, you know, I, that is just how I am. But um, obviously it was more than that. So um, I think when you were just like constantly coming over and this kind of like platonic intimacy started happening, that was kind of when I was like, oh, for real, for real. Like, I'm not like overthinking this. Like, I'm not making mm-hmm. this up in my mind and thinking that there's something there that isn't there. Um, so that kind of confirmed it for me. So I can like distinctly remember like us, like sitting on my like fucking L-shaped couch and I had you, your like head in my lap and we were like watching TV mm-hmm. and I was just like playing with your hair. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is. This, this is like is, gay gay. This is gay for real. Um, like you can't just be like bestie things. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is, um, intimacy on a whole other level. And, um, I think the reason why I've always, I, I was like, it took me that long to kind of understand that is that like, sorry, Maggie, going to call you out here, but uh, the same kind of thing happened with Maggie and I, <clears throat> where there was lines that were blurred. And I now as like, years later realized like oh I had a raging crush on my best friend like I was like in love with this girl Mm -hmm. and um that's why those things were happening (laughs) that's not what best friends do Mm -hmm. um and like again I am like pretty touchy-feely with my friends but there's just certain things that like cross that very gray line yeah and those things were happening and I was like okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah confirmation confirmation for real for real and I I just remember lurking around for you like always just standing there and being like and then there's like relentlessly being like this is my I I hope it's okay that I'm saying it but like I was like this is my wife this is my girlfriend and that's how I like refer to you all the time and everyone was like this is my girlfriend like and and everyone was just like okay yeah yeah that's that's super bestie stuff for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it would be like the the favorite customers that would come in and be like have you met my wifey yeah be like come come here this exactly. is my wifey. And it was like, oh yeah, super normal. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's just what it is. I think the funniest thing about like developing relationships with and like friendships with other people who are queer is that you get to be like a hundred percent yourself for maybe mm-hmm. like the first time ever. Because you know that if you share something about about something romantic, they will get you one hundred percent because they too understand what it's like to be queer and to be in spaces with friends where you share things and they may not understand what you're going through or like the depths of heartache of like queer relationships versus hetero relationships Mm -hmm. and like because there's so much especially for queer women and for like people who are who have been socialized as female and then enter into relationships with other people like that with that experience like the emotional depths that you get with those like you get each other on an emotional level that like I'm sorry 
no, no, very rare would a cis uh-huh. man get that emotional relationship. And like for so many of us, that was, that's why like that first queer relationship hits us so hard when it ends because it's like you lost the first real person who understood exactly what you were going through and like saw you for exactly what you are and understands Mm -hmm. the workings of why you are the way you are yeah it's Mm -hmm. so true it's so so true we should we should probably bring that up so (laughs) at this time um and anyone who like knows me personally um I was with Chris essentially from like 16 not our Chris not, not our not Chris. the podcast Chris this is a different Chris I was dating that Chris like on and off since I was like fucking 13 years old so we were together at that point we had moved to Ontario about a year prior because that's where his family was and I was currently still dating Chris at this time <clears throat> Chris knew exactly what the fuck was going on I just need to make that absolutely clear he was I think there he with knew us before either of us knew too. a thousand fucking percent and I will be honest and this is why um I do really value the relationships that I have had with men because they've always and sometimes the, like with Chris I didn't feel like it was for like because I was being sexualized of like oh mm-hmm. it'd be so hot if you're with a, with, with a woman or whatever I genuinely think he was like we are young and this is something that you maybe you need to like touch on whatever Mm -hmm. I was actually pretty understanding and was kind of was like I'm not home enough anyway to give you that emotional support like maybe that is a route that we need Mm -hmm. to start debating so these are conversations that we had had prior to all this unfolding yeah um obviously there was no explicit conversation about Kellum and I at that point I but he saw he had fucking eyes like he knew what was going on and he was totally just letting it happen didn't really care yeah. like was with us a lot of the time yeah and was just like okay like and I, I know think, my place <laughs> I think the thing too is like I also had a friendship with Chris and yeah. like we also chatted and so I think like emotionally the three of us very much were supporting each other in a way that you would see couples do that mm-hmm. because you talk to him about stuff I talked to him about stuff he talked to me about stuff and obviously you and I would talk about stuff so it was like emotionally. I don't, I don't know. What it, it, would it, be. it was. We were a, like, emotionally. We were a throuple. A emotionally, percent. for for months before anything actually happened, yeah. we were a throuple. Uh huh. And yeah, of, and it was always, and we it was always us three together yeah. at that point. Like you had your days when you would like hang out with Chris and Melanie, but like I would say, mm-hmm. majority of the time you were with with Chris and I, or yeah. it'd be just you and I, and then he'd yeah. come grab us. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we would all like grab food and go watch movies or whatever. Exactly. So that is something I guess we should touch on that. Yes. During this time I was with Chris as well, Mm -hmm. but again, was made aware of the situation, like knew what the fuck was going on. It was nothing like sinister. Um, There was nothing scandalous about. Yeah. 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 Um, because if that was the case, um, wow, we're we doing a terrible job of hiding it. So yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible, absolutely, like just right out in the open all the time. So that's that's just like one thing. But I mm-hmm. do think that's true because I can remember like when I brought it up earlier when we were talking before this when we were at chapters together. Mm-hmm. 
And like, there was always just something and I don't know how to explain it, but I've noticed that like whenever I've been like attracted to a woman or anyone, sorry, again, call me out. Cause it's very yeah. difficult differentiating you for who you were back then mm-hmm. and who you are now. Not that you're two fucking separate entities, but at that time mm-hmm. you were identifying differently. So again, like mm-hmm. if I'm crossing lines, you need to tell me for real. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. Just double checking. Cause yeah, it's, no, you're I'm, good. I'm like, how do I navigate that? But anyway, it's like anytime that we were together, you could, and again, I felt this with like women where you're just like together and you're like, this doesn't feel like there's something between us. That's just mm-hmm. not being said out loud. And yeah. explicitly that day, I felt it. Like I felt like I was on a date and I was kind of nervous. And I was like, I don't know why I feel this way. Like I always feel a little anxious, like hanging out with anyone. Mm-hmm. But I like, because I think that was like a relatively like recent into yeah. us becoming close. That was like our yeah. first go out, hang out, just us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's normal. Let's get a little bit nervous about that. Cause I'm like, I'm fucking weird. And I never shut up when I'm anxious. Same. So, so but like, it, I don't know, there's something about it. And I have like a photo of you like sipping your drink and your little like head topped up. Yeah. And it was so cute. And then I also found a photo of like us going out for Chris's birthday. <laughs> and it was like you two on one side of the booth and me on the other. Yeah. Like if you're talking like you're like something was going on, like something was something was sure. going on. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think like, that's the hardest thing to like communicate to people to also be like, it wasn't anything like overtly sexual. It wasn't anything that was like, like you said, like it wasn't anything sinister. It was literally mm-hmm. just like two best friends who also happened to have feelings for one another, mm-hmm. but who supported the shit out of each other for a season. And like, it's one of those relationships that like, unless you've ever been in it, you don't really know how to talk yeah. about it. You don't know how to listen to it. And so like, I dub it like the, the situationship because like for us, we knew exactly what was going on. I knew that you were a person I could count on no matter what you were like, at that point you were the person. And at that point I was also one of your people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's always hard to like, dance around that with people who don't or haven't experienced it and I think people really don't understand and I I notice this with like a lot of things when I've explained and like maybe maybe it is because I'm like a little bit like fluid in most of my perspective like Mm -hmm. everything my entire worldview on everything is very very fluid I think Mm -hmm. the world is gray I do not think it's black and white Mm -hmm. and so for me I think it is possible to have feelings from multiple people at the same time and very strong feelings. And Mm -hmm. I've had it happen on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from a, it happens really organically. Mm -hmm. And so you can't stop it. And again, like when I'm talking about how I am personality wise, like it's hard not for people, for people to like gravitate towards that and then like whatever. Right. Um, But I think, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, I think a lot of time when people would see what was going on and was kind of confused by it and like us discussing it, if you've never been in it, you can kind of be like, well, that's kind of fucked up. And again, like, I'm sure if we were on talking terms (laughs) with Chris, I don't think he had a single issue. I'm telling you, he didn't have a single issue. I stayed with Chris for many years after that. 
Yeah. Um, we knew each other like the back of our hand. Like, mm-hmm. so um, I think for many people, it's really hard to digest and understand the, the potential chance of, of that ever being something that was real, but it was. And mm-hmm. I think specifically when you are queer, you can kind of understand maybe a little bit more the complexities of, of emotion and mm-hmm. like connection with somebody. Whereas like in maybe straight relationships, you you don't necessarily mm-hmm. see those things. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but I've just noticed that like, I had very, two very, like very strong feelings for two people simultaneously. Yeah, I think like understanding the complexities of the emotion is definitely a queer thing, but also like re- like hetero relationships who understand the fluidity of relationships. Like if you understand non-monogamy mm-hmm. and if you understand like like you said like if you understand like the fact that you can have heightened emotions for multiple people and like how healthy that actually is and to like not put a hundred percent into one person for the rest of your life like god that sounds exhausting like no thank you I just I I think that opens the door for understanding on a whole nother level um I on on the thing of like people looking in I literally as you said that I had this image of you me and Chris walking out of the mall one day after work all holding hands and getting in the car and like going for dinner like because that happened yeah very frequently and I I I kid you not I'll bet you like there are people in David's who watched us leave because David's was positioned right outside one of the entrance mall (laughs) So you could stand at the counter at David's and watch people leaving. And I swear to God, there was probably some of our favorite customers. You can read between the lines on that, who would stand there and just watch us all leave and be like, what the heck is going on there? (laughs) And Melanie and Chris would probably been like, don't worry about it. It just is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. I think our God, we are so lucky for our friend group too, who like just Mm -hmm. didn't really like press it. No. Um, they just were like, okay, this is happening. It is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe I maybe shouldn't lay out him like this, but there is something about Chris at that time in his life where there was like such an understanding and a fluidity to who he was. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth, but I think like Melanie's 25th birthday, really prime example, going to like Church Street and that experience. And we brought Chris with us. And like, it just, it, it made me kind of realize like, um, fuck like for a cis dude he's pretty sick like he he really really like was like I'm in an environment of people who I, you know maybe I'm not into that but I'm coming into their space yeah. and so I'm just gonna enjoy it and I'm yeah like he befriended like three drag queens in one night like they were all yeah. like he, that was just who he who he was mm-hmm. what a guy what at a that guy. time Anyway, yeah, I can't, so, can't say that I know what a guy he is now, but yeah, have no idea. At that time, pretty chill. He was pretty, pretty sick back then. 2017 Chris, MVP, yeah. the GOAT for sure. But um, <laughs> 2023, can't, can't speak to that. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting time. I do think, yeah, I, I, I've never really thought about, because like no one made mention of it ever. Like no yeah. one said anything. Everyone was just kind of like go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember any distinct conversations of someone pulling me aside and be like, what the fuck is going on between you two? Like, everyone's just like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. It is what it is. 
so I've never really thought of like what it would look like when we were walking out those doors together or that Mm -hmm. we were just like always together or like when people would come over and you were there and that we were just like always like stuck together like glue yeah and how that could be perceived because it just it wasn't a big deal it just was it just like we didn't even have to think about it no until we had to think about it and until we had to think about it yeah (laughs) yeah and I mean the nice thing is is like now we get to tell the story and we get to tell the narrative and like I don't think we need to get into any of the details but like how did it end poorly I I mean I mean yes we we can both agree that it did end poorly but I Uh think and Sam mentioned this at the very top of this episode of like when you have people in your life who mean so much emotions are so heightened that it feels like your world literally stops spinning when when you go from being able to communicate your emotions to someone and then get it a hundred percent to that stopping immediately and like it's like it's like quitting something cold turkey and like it genuinely I Sam I quit you cold turkey and it was fucking hard it I can remember the last time that I saw you after yep. everything that happened and you had like gone all out for my birthday everyone was telling me everything that you got me for my birthday because my birthday is a month after Christmas and you are just like your love language is gift giving a thousand fucking mm-hmm. percent yep. <clears throat> Um, and you were always doing things like that for me because I love to be spoiled. So, and you did that all the time. Like, even I can remember like the little like gift that you had made me, which I still, by the way, have that note that you wrote and like everything that you had given me with that. It's just like tucked away in a box, like at my stepdad's house. Cause I was like, uh, do I bring this? Like, <laughs> I was like, I've held onto it for this long. Like I'm not getting rid of it, but like, do I, do I move to Chilliwack with this? Like, what the fuck? Um, but I have all of that still. And like the thought that you put in that and like what you wrote in that letter, like I have that, I kept that. Anyway, you had like gone all out for my birthday and I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's been really awkward. We haven't really been talking. And then I saw you (laughs) at Bohemia (laughs) because I always went there on my birthday and you were on a date, your first date with Ray. (laughs) Yep. And I remember like Chris and I being like, holy fuck that's Kellum. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta, I guess we gotta, and, but no, you walked in and you stopped at our table and you're like, hey, come say hi. Like, we're going to be sitting up there. And I was like, okay. And I was like panicking, like panicking. I was like, well, I can't not. So then I went up there and I was like, Hey, nice to meet you. Like, uh, oh my God. Like it was so fucking weird. And that was the last time that we had seen each other besides just like creeping each other for years. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I guess yeah. like we kind of jumped, but like you are right. Yeah. Like emotions got so heightened. And I think like we're talking about it, how nothing was explicitly communicated. And I think that in and of itself was kind of the demise yeah. um, of that. And while I think it can be really beautiful <clears throat> how everything unfolded and how everything happened. Um, but ultimately at some point um, things need to be talked about. And I think, yeah we never were really thinking about the long term. We were just like being so present in the moment with one another and just, which, which I think was so good for us, for both of us at that time. Yeah. Like in hindsight, everything happened for a complete reason. And like the growth that we've experienced from that and the understanding and like 
the understanding I have of myself back then in comparison to now, mm-hmm. like thankful for everything. Wasn't ideal in the present moment though. Like back then yeah. it was a lot going on yeah. at the end of it all because, yeah. and you said it already, like very heightened, very intense emotions and can be very beautiful, but in the best and the worst ways. And um, yeah, so in the end, like we just kind of failed on the communication front, which I think anyone, again, who's ever been intimate with me knows that that, that is something I'm shit at. So sorry, I'm working on it. But um, yeah, it just kind of all came to a head and it all got so complicated. Yeah. And I was really, again, like this is like so vulnerable and personal. I have a really difficult time with emotional intimacy. Um, I get very uncomfortable <laughs> and it's all well and good when it's unspoken. Mm-hmm, I can deal with mm-hmm. that. I'm fine with that because it doesn't require me to face anything head on or but as soon divulge. as it's named, and as soon as it's named, as soon as it's like, I have to dive into this, there is, mm-hmm. I need like, somebody's like, I need more from you. I, yeah. I panic and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start building walls. And so I will say that was predominantly the issue at hand was mm-hmm. that I got really fucking scared because again, being with in a queer relationship is so different than being with like a cis man as a cis woman. Mm-hmm. Like it you knew me on a level and I guess like any queer relationship I've, I've had situationship or otherwise, whatever the fuck um, it's always been so what is the word I'm looking for? It's always just, it's just on a different fucking plane. I don't know how to explain it. Like there's a different get, level of understanding. We get deep fast. We get deep, deep fast. Yeah. Fast. And like, yeah. I don't open up very easily, but again, like at the, like, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to talk to somebody who is like you. Yeah. Right. And so I think when you've, when you've opened up in that capacity and then there's wanting more of that, Mm -hmm. I get really fucking scared. And I did get really fucking scared. And I was like, I don't know. And I think like, I was like in some gay panic as well, because it also did have me questioning the the long term with mm-hmm. Chris and I was like yep. well is this even the right thing that I'm like am I even really supposed to be with him like is this even what I want or is this like what I'm feeling like I have to do because we're high school sweethearts like what the fuck am I supposed to do I have like a life with this person and so there's just so many things going on mm-hmm. and um yeah your your girl's just um <laughs> Emotional maturity is not there. So I, I, yeah, I panicked and I do what I, what I have done a lot. And uh, that's, I just, I was just like, I'm going to shut down and I'm going to just um, remove myself from the situation and not give an explanation as to why, because even myself, I don't know, like I couldn't at the moment, like name why, what Mm -hmm. I was feeling, why I was doing it. I just knew that I was like, I need to take care of myself. I need to feel safe. And so my instinct is to like hermit and shut everyone else out and then just like pretend that the world is not moving around me and I am just yeah. like paused in time, yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think like my, because of the breakup I went through just before all of this happened mm-hmm. and like I am an over communicator. I always have been. Like I am the one who will like keep the group chats alive um, and I think 
in my life when it comes to friendships that has been the greatest the greatest joy of my life is like keeping my people connected mm-hmm. it has been the greatest heartache of my romantic relationships because when whenever whether they were men or women or other people that I was dating whenever that shutdown happens my instinct is to communicate us to a better place and I knew that I couldn't do that here because a because I finally decided to you know go to therapy after my last breakup so when when this happened and when Sam when you started shutting down and shutting me out I remember there was a few times where I was like, okay, I'm just going to push a little bit and see. And you did. Like I can remember I did. one distinct time and I'm sure you're remembering the exact same night that I am. Um, and I was, I like look back on that and I feel like such a piece of shit. Um, like such a piece of shit because it wasn't just Chris Kellum and I, no, it was all of our friends also at my house. Like, ugh. Anyway, wasn't my fucking proudest moment. And again, like, I'm so lucky that you are the individual that you are because you could very well just be like, that was shit. And it was, and I paid, I feel like I've, you know, I've, I've, I realized what the fuck I did. And it was truly coming from a place of like, I'm scared. And you were trying to just explain to me and like, if this were to happen, like, it wouldn't fucking happen now. But, like, <laughs> if it did and we were the people we are now, which, it, again, like, wouldn't because we know now how, how to fucking communicate. But, like, I, <laughs> I, I think, like, I, I would have listened and I would have mm-hmm. had a better understanding. But, like, I was so fucking panicked yep. that I was just like, okay. And, I, again, I've done this before. It's just like, I'm going to hurt the other person's feelings. So mm-hmm. that they leave me instead yeah. of me leaving them. So I look like the bad guy because I can't leave or yeah. I would much rather have them like hate me because I can't walk away mm-hmm. fully. And so yeah. again, I've done that. <laughs> That's what I do uh, working on it. But yeah, I can, that distinct night, for instance, like you did try to push it and you were just like, just fucking listen to me. And I was just like, okay. And then, I already, you knew I was going in with like this guarded, like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna. I just, like, I um, distinctly, I distinctly remember saying something along the lines of like, nothing, nothing's happening. I just need you to listen. And you were like, okay, I'm listening. And I was like, okay, she's done. Stop. She's done. And I remember, Singing. I remember thinking and like, I, I remember thinking, okay, this is, this is going to be one of the last times I see Sam for a while. And like, I was very aware of that. And I remember Chris drove me home that night, like our Chris. Mm-hmm. And I remember because he and I also live very close together. And so they, we, were, we were driving home and they were like, so how, how are you feeling about all of that? And I was, I looked at them and I was like, I think I, I think I'm, I think we're done. Like, I think like whatever happens happens but like I I think we are whatever Sam and I look like in each other's lives in the future like it's not going to happen for a while and Sam just looks at or Chris just looked at me and she was like I think that's very astute (laughs) (laughs) that's all we said the entire car ride home so what's so 
Uh, okay so two things that night you were only talking to Chris too so Chris in the situation as well was like watching whatever the fuck was going on between us and was like y'all need to sort your shit out mm-hmm. I care about both of you I'm not getting involved mm-hmm. you you both need to figure it out and like yeah. communicate and I was like who I was at the time but secondly Chris other Chris podcast Chris was around for everything 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 so driving you home the 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 one night that we were all like together Chris was there too like Mm -hmm. that and I actually was like thinking about that party and I have a photo of us with our legs like like linked together we're sitting in some weird fucking um we're at the park or something like we had left oh, or we were yeah, waiting we like to go went to, to a, the party. Yeah, we went to like some arena. And we're, or it was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I uh I was I thought I was cool at the time I smoked. Um so like I have my little cigarette in my hand or whatever. So stupid. Anyway, so <laughs> uh my goodness. Um and uh that photo of us and like that night I don't have words, we don't need to get into it. You and I were there, whatever, but that night was so packed full mm-hmm. of like the emotions that were being built up for so long. And I think that's also why things happen the way that they did because yeah. all this built up emotion and then it finally like just came to a, to a head and it was just so explosive in the aftermath of mm-hmm. everything was so explosive. But yeah, yeah, I can, Chris was truly there for everything and was an, out of everyone, I would say, because it, it, it did kind of become like a little bit of a split. It wasn't like the friend group, like like a divorce, like mm-hmm. they divvied themselves up between us. But yeah. there was certain people that had a better connection with you that kind of stuck it out with you more because I didn't need to be, like I wasn't being brought into those social situations mm-hmm. with them anymore because of you. And so, but like Chris was the one who like consistently was talking to both of us yeah. as well as Melanie. So mm-hmm. that is why I think I talk to them mm-hmm. the most consistently because I was also when Melanie like moved to Toronto and then like all that stuff like they were within vicinity of you like and hang mm-hmm. out with you and so if I wanted to know like how you were doing I could ask we had we had well. we had people to figure out our information from yeah because yeah we were just too I was just too panicked to say anything I was like very embarrassed by my actions by the end of it like I'd say by the next summer, I was like, I'm so fucking embarrassed about who I was. I can't even talk about it. I feel really gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't, I can't reach out. I can't say anything. So yeah. I didn't. I mean, we will definitely get to the reach out. Um, Cause I think that's kind of like, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's the most important part of our story, but I think for the, this episode, it is something that's mm-hmm. really important. But I think I want to go back to when you and Chris yeah, saw sorry. Ray and I on one of, on one of our first dates. And I distinctly, like, they just, because of who they are as a person, like, when I, I remember telling them about you and telling them about all of our friends very early on. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're, I mean, I'm such a fan of them. Like, I really am. But also, like, I remember that day, you walking away from, or no, us walking up from your table and Ray looked at me and was like, oh, so that's Sam. 
And they knew, they were like, there, there is something here. There is something unspoken here. It's neither, like, it's either good, it's not good or bad. It's just like, it's something. Do you remember was, what Ray said to me when I came to your table though? <laughs> what was it, Sam? <laughs> oh, so that's who Kevin was talking about. I can see it. Like, oh, what the fuck exactly did Ray say? Oh, I can see why, why that happened. Yeah. It was you too. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And so I was like, huh? <laughs> and I think fucking heart attack and I was like and I walked out down to the table with Chris and I was like what the fuck happened <laughs> and I think like I mean a but, I think that speaks to the relationship that I'm in now but b that also speaks to the relationship that you and I had because I think like back to people seeing us and not knowing what was going on there were those people who saw us and also were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like we have always been able, and I, queer people listening, I think you, you all have that one person or that those two people, or maybe you have a group of people. I mean, the three of us on this podcast, we are those people, like mm -hmm. we are those people to each other and it just makes sense. And it maybe not makes sense for other people looking in, but like there are just, other humans that you get graced with in this life that just makes so much fucking sense for you mm -hmm. and that was and, it like and the thing is too like your partner was so nice about it like it wasn't condescending it wasn't like a like a stab at at, at the situation it wasn't a stab at anything it was it was a genuine like oh you like yeah like you're you're good looking like I can see like and I was like oh. yeah and um <laughs> <laughs> thank you thanks um and this this part doesn't have to enter the podcast okay so this is me saying it to you chris and i talked about it years later <clears throat> that when we were trying to leave we were just trying to fucking leave right we're like we can't like we're not like i don't know how we're supposed to fucking navigate this and you had come down and you're like oh you were gonna say goodbye you were gonna leave without saying goodbye to me and i was like oh fucking calling us right out you and chris were standing the exact same way and had the same <laughs> fucking mannerisms and um like and back then I was like why why are they like why are they being so close with Chris and I feel like I'm like don't matter right now so I was like kind of pissed about that because I felt like kind of hurt I think but I, again like I, I really hurt you so yeah no shit um but um so I was like, oh, of course, like Chris is in the good graces. And I was like, but like years later when you had come out as non-binary, like Chris and I were obviously still together and we were talking about it. And I was like, that day makes so much more fucking sense. Why you were looking at him in that way. Why you were literally standing the same way. You were like, not similarly dressed, but like similarly dressed at that time. It was still a bit more femme, but like mm -hmm. it, it was like a similar ensemble and you both had the same fucking mannerisms and I was like oh my god like I feel so stupid for not seeing this sooner like I mean I was me like, too makes so <laughs> I was like this makes so much more fucking sense than ever yeah. before yeah and so I had to touch on that like that day was utter chaos but I look back on it and I'm like there was like so many things that happened simultaneously in such a short mm -hmm. period of time like just that day alone that like 
what the fuck like if we were to go back then and like tell our past selves before Mm -hmm. they entered that fucking cafe this is everything that happens we would be like what the fuck do you mean and i think like i think again the wildest thing is is all of this happened from the day we met to the day it ended Mm -hmm. was like six months yeah and then from the day it ended to the last time you saw me in person was like two months and it was like oh we're eight months and also like I was I was able to come out the environment that I was in the year before my partner and I met Mm -hmm. was the most supportive environment I had ever been in in my life as a, as a queer person, as an out queer person, it was the most supportive environment I had ever been in. Mm-hmm. That doesn't negate any of the friendships I have or had before that, but because it was also the queerest environment I had ever been in. And then when my partner and I got together shortly after that, it was a whole other thing because they had been in the, the, the community for so much longer than I have. They're a few years older they they hardly have any like non-queer or queer non-queer adjacent friends Mm -hmm. and so the fact that I showed up that day and you thought that Chris and I were portraying similar mannerisms means that I hit the brief that day because it only took like three or four dates for me and my partner to go on before I was like I feel safe enough to like start exploring this side of me mm-hmm. with you. And also I have to say like you and Chris also allowed that to happen because the two of you were so distinctly different. Oh yeah. Like Chris, I'm going to paint a picture here. Like Chris is the man that whistles at you when you walk past construction sites, <laughs> except he just wants to know where your shoes are from. If you're wearing some cool sneakers Like Mm -hmm. that is the kind of guy he is, or he was at that time. Mm -hmm. And Sam is the girl who smacks the guy who whistles only to then also ask where the sneakers are from. (laughs) And like, that was the dichotomy of the two people who effectively I was in this like friendship with. Mm -hmm. And throughout those months that we were doing whatever we were doing, it was very much me being like, okay, femme parts of this, the mask parts of this, like, how do I, how do I untangle this web? And so like, we always joke and say like, oh, like we are who we are because of our friendships. And like, especially the three of us on this, on this pod, Mm -hmm. but like quite, quite literally, there are so many parts of your Chris relationship and our relationship and the relationship that the three of us had that then allowed me to like blossom afterwards and so cliche but like I really truly was becoming who I meant to I was meant to be in those months leading up to that I touched on that kind of and I was like we were all crying um and I was just saying like how immensely proud I was of you and just like whatever again if it ever gets heard, they'll hear it. I can't say it again because it just like won't have mm-hmm. the same impact. But you know what I mean. And um, yeah. 
like I, if I look when I'm looking back at that time, like it, it was kind of like you being in like your cocoon. And then after mm-hmm. that, like it was within such a short period of time that you just started, like you moved to the city and you had just like, everything seemed to like just click into place. Again, I was on the outskirts, like looking in. So obviously other things were going on, like mm-hmm. life's not perfect, but from me looking in through the window of what you were doing and the life that you were leading, you looked so incredibly happy. And I had not seen you that way in those months that um, if you have the instances, like of course you weren't fucking like entirely unhappy yeah. every time we were together. Um, I sure hope not anyway, but <laughs> I, definitely not. Um, it was like an entirely different version of you where you, mm-hmm. you could see that self-love beginning to happen and that self-acceptance. And um, I know for me, it took part of this for me um, kind of reaffirmed that I wasn't like delusional in being Mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe it's like this ideal that's being perpetuated to me that I am interested in. Like maybe it's just a one-off being like in love with my best friend. No. Um, I just keep falling for my friends for sure. But um, no, I... (laughs) like this was legitimate and I think it had me kind of realize a little bit a lot more about myself but Mm -hmm. it's taken a very long time to really go back into that and untangle that and understand that and I Mm -hmm. for many years was not on a level to do that and I would say in the last like two to three I've had a chance to kind of go back and be like what the fuck did this all mean why was this all happening why was I feeling these emotions why did I behave that way and I am thankful that if it had to be anyone, it was you because the level of understanding that you have and the love that you've always just shown me has enabled me to, to go back and not be like, oh, I'm a fucking terrible person. Like, it's like, no, you did a shitty thing, but like, that's not who you are. That's not your core. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think like when you're talking about Chris too, like it, it's true. Like he, he and I were very different. Mm-hmm. and we were still trying to figure ourselves out. We were still pretty young at that time. We were maybe yeah. 19, 20, and 19, in 1920, 20, 21. And um, um, you coming into this, like, environment with us also mm-hmm. taught us a lot about ourselves, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, like, I think it, like, gave us a better understanding of each other and of, like, everything I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it but like it, it really did like life after all of this yeah totally changed um immensely and um it sucked being on the outside looking in but I was like so happy to see you thriving because you deserved that because it wasn't an easy year for you being back in Barry, and I knew mm-hmm. that and that's why you yeah. did spend so much time with us because we were kind of that safe space for you yeah yeah and I think like it it also was like I I came out because I was in a relationship like almost three years prior to that and so it was like that relationship ended and my safe space up until that part until then was like that person and so not only did I graduate and move back to the city that I went to high school in but I graduated and was moving back to a place where like I genuinely, I was so in the closet in high school and I was so fearful of what that would look like that I didn't even know if there was 
Like I genuinely believe that there was no queer people in Barry. Fun fact, Barry's really gay. It is. <laughs> there's like really gay. It's a really mm-hmm. gay city. Um, there's plenty of queer people there. And I I went immediately from like this person being my safe space to like these people. And then slowly that grew until finally I was able to make myself my, my safe space. And like that genuinely, like that, that, I think that's the goal of like any queer person who comes out is to like feel the self-love and the self-acceptance to become your own safe space. That also takes a whole lot of privilege. Mm-hmm. And I 100% had that as a white cis looking person walking through the world at that point, like I had so much privilege to make myself my safe space. And then I had the privilege to move to a city where like safe spaces actually existed. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to grow and, and develop myself and my community there. But I want us to like chat briefly because now we're here. Now we're here and we're talking about it, which I don't think any of us, I don't think either of us saw it coming. I think we hoped for it, but I don't know. I sure as hell did not think that one day we would have a podcast together and we would be chatting about this kind of stuff so candidly. Yeah. I think when Chris said, um, like Kellen's going to be involved, like, how do you feel about that? And I was like, well, I'm not going to fucking say no. Um, by any means that's like, no, I I see why you're saying that because I think at that point, I think it was because I went on that hiatus because I was having all that weird Mm -hmm. shit happen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had that episode, like the very first episode that I was part of was like a guest Mm -hmm. and I think, and that's why Chris asked, that's why Chris had asked. And I said, I need to say something before we fucking do this or you, but you had reached out first, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I also said are. to Chris, like, I need to say something. Like, I can't, I can't just show up on Sam and Chris's podcast and not acknowledge something. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I've wanted to say something for so long. And then you were like, me too. And I think even after that episode, there was still, like, a bit of, like, holy fuck. Like, we haven't talked in so many years, but we still know so much about each other. Mm-hmm um that's just like really like how do we navigate this and then at that point I wasn't really involved for a little bit I was like dealing with some health issues and whatever and then when I had come back we just kind of just were like okay it, kind of ignoring the elephant in the room we hadn't really dived yeah. further into that conversation and mm-hmm. then the queer love episode um that we filmed I think we stayed on afterwards yeah. with one another yeah. and we started talking about like let's actually get into this let's actually like have a face-to-face discussion not like text or whatever yeah and it just kind of started happening we were like Mm -hmm. oh my god and by the end of it we were just like we needed this yeah I remember leaving I remember leaving my desk where I where we were recording that episode and walking into my partner's office and I remember being like I'm so glad we had that conversation finally. And because because they they knew all all of it and they also knew how I was feeling about joining the podcast and like having so much time with you 
and having sharing this space with you and talking about some really deep stuff that it impacts our community so deeply but not talking about the deep stuff that you and I like you said like we know each other mm-hmm. and I remember just like texting you afterwards and just being like I'm so glad we finally chatted about this and you were like I know thank fuck I know like, just like <laughs> why haven't we done this sooner but also I'm so glad we didn't because mm-hmm. I don't think I mean I don't think there's any such thing as coincidence and so like the time in which we discussed it was exactly when we should have yeah it was so organic and mm-hmm. like it it was just at a point where I think we were both ready to talk about it at a place that was just like okay we can we both know that we're we're past it but mm-hmm. like there 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 is something that still needs to be navigated here mm-hmm. and I think I want to make it like abundantly clear too that um like the, everything that I felt for you was so genuine like so genuine yeah and I was just so scared of that and um like there will always be like a little piece of my heart for you and that's just the truth of the matter yeah um because it was so interesting like I I think anyone who is yeah I think like anyone who's like maybe not part of this community was probably like what in the absolute fuck was that yeah yeah and and like even being in it we it was just like it's just too complex it is what it is and we were Mm -hmm. just enjoying our time together and enjoying each other and I think um there's like a lot of beauty that did happen within that yeah and um like it's interesting to be so far from that now and Mm -hmm. still being able to like acknowledge that like the love was there Mm -hmm. and a piece of it will always be there Mm -hmm. um and that you know we've just been able to I don't know like still be in each other's lives despite what a complex situation full of so many emotions like to to acknowledge it and still be like yeah, but having you in my life is better than not at all. Absolutely. And I think like, it's so, it's so important to be able to acknowledge that. Like we both, we, we both know like the feelings we had for one another were 100% genuine. Mm -hmm. And we know that the, the life that we were creating in the moment together was, that was what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I know it's, it, it sounds so counterintuitive, but I genuinely believe that there are some times where like friendship doesn't need to be the foundation. Like that relationship that we had, that situationship, that whatever you want to call it, whatever that was, that's the foundation for what we have now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, sometimes you meet those people and that's just what like you're magnetized. And that is just, it just happens. And regardless of the time that passed in between us talking, not talking, creeping from the sidelines, genuinely creeping. Like there would be times where like, I would see you on other people's stories and I would make a mental note and 24 hours later, I would text Chris or Melanie and be like, so how's Sam? 
And they were like, wow, really? Just reach out to her. And I was like, no, not yet. Oh, when you would post your stories of your little like parties and stuff. And I was like, oh God, they're probably having so much fucking fun. Like (laughs) Kellen looks so good. Like they look so happy. Like that's what killed me. I remember, I don't know what birthday it was that you had, but it was like. Oh, my 26th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was looking at that and I was just like, fuck, like they're happy. And that's like all I could ever want for you. I also think like your partner too was genuinely a part of this entire ride. Like they were there the last time we saw each other and they have been like, they were right in this, all of it. Mm -hmm. And so like, they do understand the entire journey aside from like the, like when it was ongoing, ongoing and not the tail end, but it's just so interesting to think like they've really seen this whole thing unfold from the very get go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I also, it's, it's really cool to see our, our friendships that have come out of it. Mm -hmm. Like you, me and Chris are closer now than we ever have been. (laughs) If there's anything that anyone can get from this episode, it's like friendship, queer friendships and queer love does not always look like you think it's going to. Yeah. I love you. I love you. And I'm still so into you. (laughs) I'm still so into you. I mean, are you really friends if you're not kind of into the person? 